Thanks for joining me once again on the London Vlogger podcast. I'm Stu, your guide to London's hidden gems, parks, landmarks, woodlands, riversides, bridges and history. If you'd like to read all my walks, they're available at www.londonvlogger.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts or SoundCloud. In today's show, I'm going to be enjoying a walk starting from the iconic Wellington Arch before heading to Hyde Park and the Serpentine and finishing in the tranquility of Italian gardens. Located near Hyde Park Corner, Tube Station, where Kensington Road meets Piccadilly near its junction with Park Lane and where the Kensington Turnpike Trust had its toll gate, I start at the Wellington Arch. Built between 1825 and 1827, the arch was designed by Decimus Burton and has been in its current position since the 1880s. Set in the heart of Royal London, the Wellington Arch was built as the original entrance to Buckingham Palace, later becoming a victory arch proclaiming Wellington's defeat of Napoleon. Crowned by the largest bronze sculpture in Europe, it depicts the Angel of Peace and a four-horse chariot of war. Back in 1828, with it nearing completion, the cost of the arch had exceeded the budget, and the Treasury declined to pay for the sculpture, as most of their funds had been used to rebuild Buckingham Palace, which itself had run hugely over budget. During this time, committees were formed to commemorate two great heroes, Nelson and Wellington. Nelson's column in Trafalgar Square was completed, though the Wellington Memorial was less fortunate. In May 1838, sculptor Matthew Coates Wyatt erected the largest equestrian statue on the arch, although this caused controversy as it was disproportionate to the size of the arch itself and the government demanded it to be taken down. The arch was dismantled in 1883 and rebuilt on its present site in 1885. However, after its location, the arch still had no sculpture on it. In 1891, a four-horse chariot entitled Triumph was sculptured by Adrian Jones and in 1912 it was erected on the top of the arch we see today. Crossing over the Knightsbridge Road next to Hyde Park Corner Tube Station, you find the Apsley Gate, which is the entrance to Hyde Park. Made from Portland stone, this too was designed by Decimus Burton and built between 1826 and 1829. From there you get to Hyde Park, which was created in 1637 and is 350 acres of green space and stunning landscape. One of London's eight rural parks, the park is divided by the Serpentine and the Longwater Lakes. Back in 1536, Henry VIII acquired Hyde Park from the monks of Westminster Abbey and would normally use it as his private hunting ground. However, when James I came to the throne, he limited access to it. It wasn't until 1636 when Charles I made it open to the public so that everyone could enjoy its beauty. In 1665, many London citizens camped out in the park to escape the Great Plague. To mark many significant occasions, Hyde Park has become a venue for national celebrations. Notable events included fireworks in 1814 to mark the end of the Napoleonic Wars, the Great Exhibition in 1851, and the Silver Jubilee in 1977 in honour of Queen Elizabeth II's 25 years on the throne. Since 2007, Hyde Park has hosted a spectacular Winter Wonderland theme park, which includes fairground rides, food markets, shows, and is the perfect way to get into the Christmas spirit. 
One of the main aspects of Hyde Park that I love is the wonderful Serpentine Lake. This amazing site was the idea of Queen Caroline, the wife of George II, and was created by damming the Westbourne Stream in 1730. It is nearly 40 acres with many picturesque views and a calf nearby where you can sit and enjoy all its splendour. This splendid area was one of the first lakes to be created in England. There aren't too many finer sights than looking out across the waters while the sun shines and the birds move gently across the lake. A distinctive element of the Serpentine is the bridge crossing over it. When the park was extensively redesigned in 1820s, John Rennie built the bridge to connect the West Carriage Drive between Hyde Park and Kensington Gardens. When standing on the bridge, the view is breathtaking, with Hyde Park on one side and Kensington Gardens on the other. You fall in love with the great outdoors and nature while you're on the bridge. Right next to the Serpentine Bridge sits the Serpentine Sackler Gallery, which was established in 1970 to showcase contemporary art and architecture. Since then, it has become a Grade Two listed building and has presented pioneering exhibitions of over 2,000 internationally renowned artists and architects. Rejoining the riverside as you take a stroll along the lake, you go from art to arches as you come across Henry Moore's The Arch. This six metre high sculpture is made from seven travertine stones, which were sourced in northern Italy. Weighing 37 tonnes, it is positioned on the north bank of the Long Water and was presented by Moore in 1980, two years after his 80th birthday celebrations were held in the Serpentine Gallery. Continuing my walk along the riverside, I come to my final destination on today's walk, Italian Gardens. This Grade 2 listed water garden is over 150 years old and is located to the north of Kensington Gardens, near Lancaster Gate. The garden features four main basins, five urns, which have designs of a swan's breast, woman's head, ram's head, dolphin and an oval. Also there is the white marble Tazza fountain. The gardens were designed by James Pennethorpe and built in 1860. The inspiration from them came from a similar layout in Osborne House on the Isle of Wight, where Prince Regent and the royal family would spend their holidays. To ensure Italian gardens kept its wonderful beauty, two notable recent renovations have been undertaken on it, in 1991 and 2011 respectively. In 1991, the vases were recarved, whilst in 2011, repairs were done, including clearing silt from the fountain basins and removing the algae from the Portland stone and the marble. When you sit within these gardens, it's one of the most tranquil places you'll ever visit, like being in a bubble, not aware of your surroundings. This is a true hidden gem of London, and somewhere you can just stay for ages watching the water flowing from the fountains. You do get a lump in your throat at its beauty. Well, I hope you've enjoyed my walk today, where I've explored some of the capital's well-known areas. And this walk is quite a short one, and it should take you around 45 minutes. Before I end the show, it's time for another one of my fun features, which this week is about the board game Monopoly. From Old Kent Road and Mayfair to Pall Mall and Bond Street, Monopoly and London have an iconic association with one another. Did you know the locations on the standard British version of the board game were selected in 1935 by Victor Watson, managing director of John Waddington Limited? Watson became interested in the board game after his son Norman had tried the Parker Brothers original US version and recommended the company produce a board for the domestic market. He took his secretary, 
Marjorie Phillips on a day trip from the head offices in Leeds to London and the pair looked for suitable locations to use. The London version of the game was so successful and in 1936 it was exported to continental Europe, Australia, New Zealand and South Africa, becoming the de facto standard board in the British Commonwealth. Although there appears to be no specific motivation for how the locations on the board were chosen, when the travel writer Tim Moore searched the Waddington's company archives, he did not uncover any relevant documentation about the choice of locations. Do you have a favourite space on the Monopoly board or a memory of playing it? Or if you've got any other memories of London or stories to share, get in touch with me at londonblogger at gmail.com. Or you can contact me on social media. I'm at London Vlogger on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. Well, thanks for joining me. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts or SoundCloud. Until next time, stay safe and well. And I look forward to you joining me on more of my walking adventures soon.